to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jade the Sports Dude. And if you are listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode 16, oh my gosh, of our season-long journey. And if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, well, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? Guys, we have a great one in store for y'all this evening. So kick back and relax because I got you. Let's get started. I'm coming to you from a place I like to call the Saloon. So, Barkeep, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is a recap of last week's games, an interview with Trevlin Queen, and a preview of the UTRGV game. Alrighty, thank you, Barkeep. I have my lasso in hand, and it's time for our post-game roundup, the segment where I round up my thoughts on the most recent New Mexico State games. And in this case, the Aggies earned a 72-64 home win over Seattle on Thursday, followed by an 84-82 home win over Utah Valley on Saturday. And here are my takeaways. My first one comes from the win over Seattle, and it's that even though Ivan Aracoachea has emerged as the best big man in the WAC, do not sleep on Johnny McCants, the redshirt junior, erupted for a team-high 14 points, a career-high 18 rebounds, and he tied for a team-high three assists in the victory, and this came in a game where Yvonne was not at full strength, so the Spaniard played through an ankle injury and was not as aggressive in terms of searching for his own shot in that first half as he usually is. He actually went scoreless in those first 20 minutes and managed to turn things around by recording 11 points in the second half, but the consistent player, that rock that the Aggies leaned on from start to finish was McCants. So Seattle didn't have a big man that could contain him in the paint or on the glass, and he took advantage in what was the most complete game of his college career. Now, Adekoachea did turn it around in that second half, as I mentioned, so he got back to being that same dominant player that we're used to, but when both of these guys get going at the same time, man, there isn't a front court in the whack that can compete. It is game over at that point, but now it is time for roundup number two. So my second takeaway comes from the win over Utah Valley, and it said if there was a whack most improved award, it would go to Jabari Rice. Now, the redshirt sophomore has been enjoying a breakout season like none other after averaging just 3.4 points and 2.2 rebounds in 10.9 minutes per game last year, and Saturday's win over the Wolverines was his best performance to date. Now, Rice went ballistic and recorded a career-high 29 points on 8-for-12 shooting to go along with 8 rebounds in 39 minutes, guys, which is also a career high. This dude played all but a few seconds of the contest, and he fittingly capped off the stellar outing by banking in the go-ahead 3 with .6 seconds left to secure the victory. Now, Rice is averaging 13.9 points and 5 rebounds in 26.5 minutes per game this season, and he is an essential piece of this New Mexico State team. Now, remember, this is a guy who chose to stay in Las Cruces this summer instead of returning to his hometown of Houston, Texas, in order to work on his game more and it is paying off for him in a major way congratulations to him on all the well-deserved success because saturday's performance is just the tip of the iceberg but now let's get in the roundup number three 
So my third and final takeaway comes from both games, and it is that even though Trevor and Queen is back, you still have to express patience with him. Now, the senior forward was ruled out for four to six weeks after receiving arthroscopic surgery to repair a tear in his lateral meniscus, but he made a surprise return to the game against Seattle just 22 days after his surgery. Queen, as you all know, does it all for New Mexico State. He leads the team in points per game, field goals attempted, and steals per contest, but it's tough to get right back to that level of play after a meniscus injury of any severity, really, especially when you come back ahead of schedule. Now, Queen averaged two points and 13.5 minutes per game during the pair of wins against Seattle and Utah Valley, and honestly, that's perfectly fine, guys. Now, these games are really only for him to get used to the pace of play again and see how he reacts to the competition as well. Do you experience soreness afterwards? Is there swelling? Stuff like that, which New Mexico State head coach Chris Jan said that he did after his Seattle game. Now, we all know that Queen is as good of a player as any in the WAC when he's healthy, and it's just going to be a matter of giving him time, guys. Now, fortunately, he's getting a full week of rest until the next game, which is huge. And once he's at 100% again, guys, this New Mexico State team is going to be even more dangerous. So that buzzer means that is all the time we have for segment number one. Now it is time for segment number two, which is an interview with the man himself, Treble and Queen. I got to talk to him on Monday about his recovery process, where he feels he's at, and more. Now, full disclosure, this was done in the training room for New Mexico State. He had just finished getting some treatment done, so the audio might not be the best quality. I apologize, guys, but either way, let's get into the interview. Barkeep, chase the channel real quick. You got it, boss. First of all, just happy to see you back out there on the court again this past week, man. Just had a really cool moment when you checked in Seattle game for the first time, got the standing ovation and all that. What was that moment like getting back out there? Oh, it just felt good. I had a good feeling that I had a lot of people behind me and supporting me and waiting for me to get back out there. I just felt like it was genuine love and that it just gave me like motivation to want to stay healthy and stay out there. Yeah, definitely. What's this recovery process been like even the past couple weeks? Oh, it's been hard a lot just because, like, all the wear and tear that I've already been through and then just having to have to do all the extra stuff again after I had a procedure on my elbow. So, like, just knee problems just makes it a little bit more working. So it's been hard. It's been ups and downs. But at the end of the road, it gets better. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Now, you've been ruled out for four to six weeks. You come back, I think it was 22 days after your surgery, at what point did you know you're gonna be able to come back early? Was it like right before the game, or did you know like a week before that's what you're aiming for? I probably knew like that day within shoot around how I was moving and how I was feeling. Uh, Mike had confidence in me and in my knee, so he told me like make sure you're ready for the game. So I just started preparing myself to be ready for the game. But I didn't know like 100% if I was gonna play or not. I just knew that I had to be ready. Yeah. You mentioned confidence. It seems like obviously you guys have had multiple injuries before. And Coach Jans has been really great about it's just up to the player, you know, if they're ready or not. Can you talk about just the confidence that he has in you and just in the whole team? Uh, he just believes that no matter what we go through, all the like, adversity and challenges we may face as a team or with an individual, that he knows that we can still come together at the end of the day and have enough strength to over beat anybody. And he just believes in us that we just have faith in each other and his, yeah. his like, system. Yeah, definitely. Now, as I mentioned, you guys had other injuries, but it seems like anytime the one guy goes down, another guy picks up a bigger role. Yvonne had some really great performances while you were out. Sean Williams gave you guys some really good production off the bench. Is this, what you say, just the most resilient team you've been a part of? Uh, definitely one of the most resilient teams, if not the most, because I've never been a part of a team that has been through so much injuries or just like obstacles to where that we can still do what we do and win. Um, I just feel as though like, even each injury gives another person the opportunity to shine and have their moment 
I mean, I'm not hoping that anybody gets injured, but I'm just hoping that they don't have to take an injury for everybody to get their confidence and play well. Just what is it like when you get out there on the field? Like, do you know that, okay, I, I think I can do a certain amount of minutes, or is he telling you how many you're limiting it to? Like, what, how's that process work? No, the process is that if you go out there and you don't believe in yourself, then you know you're destined for failure. And if coach sees that you're lacking anything and not playing with your hand on fire, he's going to take you out, whether you're the star player or the worst player. He wants you to play how he wants you to play, and that's hard both sides of the court. If you're tired and you don't get a fist, that means you're being selfish. So he wants you to just go out there and play as hard as you can and make yourself tired because you know that you got someone else coming in that's going to play just as hard. Yeah. Where'd you say you're at right now physically? Just what do you feel like you need to do in order to get back to where you were at? I just got to keep putting the work in, working, staying positive mentally, and just continue to try to grind and just stay for stay the course because the bigger picture is bigger than me. So I just try to think about the team and what I can do to benefit them, even from that 100%. Yeah, you guys just watched some film today. Just what are you looking for out of this matchup against uh, UTRG? What do you guys expect? I was just trying to pick up, pick it up, play better basketball because you know this is like a harder opponent. The way they play, the style of play, they get down and gritty. So coaches want us to make sure that we're right and ready and come out with that pop Saturday. Awesome, and I like to end all these interviews by giving nickname ideas to the guys that I'm talking to. So if you have some time, just want to bounce a couple off your head. You tell me how you're feeling about them. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. So sorry enough. I know you rep the DMV. Uh, not quite everybody repping proudly, so how about the Maryland Maestro? Because it seems like when you're out there on the court, you're always making the right decision. All right, all right. Pretty cool? Yeah, that's, that's decent. That's decent. Okay, okay. Now, next one. I was down, I've been playing a lot of chess, but it seems like once Queen is on the attack, it's game over. So, how about traveling checkmate, Queen? That's decent. First one a little better than that one. First a little better? A little better all right, and then last one. We know that you got some hops. Um, I wish I would have recorded this video right before the Seattle game. You did a really nice uh, between the leg, off the, yeah. off the glass, or whatever it was for yourself. So how about traveling T-Bird Queen? How you feeling about that one? Nah. nah. I feel the first one. The Maryland Maestro? A lot Maryland of people like to go with the hometown one. Tell like, me about that. I like the Maryland one because, first of all, it's just you put it on for my state. You got my state name in there. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be able to people know like where I'm from within my name. So I like that one. That you said Maryland one. Maestro? Maestro. Maestro, yeah. I like yeah, that yeah. one. That's true. All right, man. Maryland well, I appreciate it, man. So Thank you so much. So that was Trevor and Queen talking about what his recovery process has been like and also where he feels he is at right now. Shout out to him for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. And once again, apologies for the audio quality, guys. But anyways, he is rolling with the Maryland Maestro, which is my personal favorite as well. I'm going to say I went two for three on that one because he gave me a nah for the T-Bird one, which is all good. We appreciate the honesty around here, Trev. I will still take two for three, but let me know which nickname is your guys' favorite. Either way, let's get into second. Segment number three. So now it's time for a preview of New Mexico State's upcoming home game against UTRGV on Saturday at 7 p.m. The Aggies earned a 67-62 road win over the Vaqueros in the first meeting of the season. But this is a UTRGV team that's currently on a five-game winning streak as I'm recording this on Monday. The Vaqueros also have a game against Texas Permian Basin, a Division II squad on Tuesday, so the expectations are that they will be on a six-game winning streak by the time they tip off against the Aggies. They are 11-14 this season, 7-5 in whack play, and it is a matchup of arguably the two hottest teams in the conference, so here are some players that you need to know about. The first one is Jordan Jackson, a 6'3 senior shooting guard who is averaging a team-high 15.4 points per contest on 44 
44% shooting from the field. Jackson is super athletic. He likes to get to the rim and he dropped a game high 26 points on the Aggies in the first meeting on 10 for 14 shooting. So he definitely got the best of players such as Jabari Rice and Terrell Brown who got the majority of the assignment. The expectation is for Brown to return to the second unit now that Queen is back in the starting lineup assuming the Brown plays by the way because he did miss the game against Utah Valley with a foot sprain and is still listed as day-to-day according to head coach Chris Jans. But anyways, that will move Jabari back to the two spot and make him the primary defender on Jackson. So that is going to be a matchup to keep your eye on for sure. Now, another player to watch out for is a guy who did not play in the first meeting of the season, and that's Javon Levi, a 5'11 junior point guard who is as good of a passer as anyone in the country. Seriously, guys, Levi is averaging a team-high 8.1 assists per game this season, and his assist rate of 48.6 is number one in the nation, according to Ken Palm. He's also averaging 10.9 points per game, so this guy isn't just a passer. He can put the ball through the hoop on his own as well. Now, Jackson is the primary scorer on this squad, but the offense runs through Levi. So Evan Gilliard the second is going to get the bulk of this matchup, and the junior point guard is going to have to watch his fouls in this one. So Levi draws an average of 4.6 fouls per 40 minutes, according to Ken Palm, which ranks 13th in the WAC. Meanwhile, Gilliard is committing an average of 4.2 fouls per 40 minutes, which is the third highest average on the team. So the Aggies need him on the court for his offense, his defensive intensity, and for the sake of having depth in general. So that is going to be my duel of the day. So the third and final player to watch out for is the final member of UTRGV's Big Three, and that is Leslie Varner II, a six foot seven senior power forward who is averaging 14 points and a team high 6.1 rebounds per game on 36.8% shooting from deep, not from the field, from deep. This guy can spray it and he can get scorching hot, guys. He has five games of at least 20 points in whack play, which is tied for the most with Seattle's Terrell Brown, who actually leads the entire conference in scoring. That's how dangerous he can be when he gets into a rhythm. And Johnny McCants is going to get the matchup here, guys. So Varner had 13 points in the first meeting while McCants had 12. But the big advantage for the Las Cruces native is to get to the rim. So McCants has 45 pounds on Varner despite being the same height. So he needs to throw that weight around like he has been doing lately. Lately, rather than extending his range. Yes, he should still knock down the occasional three to keep the defense honest, but his biggest edge in this one is in the trenches. But now it is time for my key to success, and that is for New Mexico State to limit its turnovers. So UTRGV has been forcing an average of 24.1 turnovers per game in WAC play, which leads the conference. The Aggies committed 17 in the first meeting, which the Vaqueros converted into 19 points in order to nearly pull off the upset. If that happens again on Saturday, New Mexico State will be in trouble. Fortunately, the Aggies have only committed an average of 9.8 turnovers per game in their last six contests since that UTRGV win. That'll have to continue this weekend if they want to keep the streak alive. But now let's get into my prediction. So can I get a drum roll, please? So for this one, guys, I am going with New Mexico State by a score of 73 to 67. I think this is a very dangerous UTRGV team, especially when you consider that the Aggies only won this matchup by five points without the Vaqueros' main facilitator last time around. But New Mexico State is taking better care of the basketball. The second unit is producing more with Sean Williams leading the way. And anything the Queen can contribute is going to be a bonus since he didn't play the first time around. So give me the Aggies in this one. 
But that is going to do it for episode 16 of Straight Shooter. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a like, a retweet, a comment, or any sort of feedback, depending on whatever platform you're using right now. I really do appreciate the support, guys. I actually had somebody on Twitter just the other day, at Pedro Pistolero 2, ask me how I felt about landing in this market and getting to cover New Mexico State. And my answer, guys, is that it has been nothing but great so far. No complaints whatsoever. The team is awesome to work with, and you guys are so awesome with your constant support. It really does mean a lot, and that's why I love putting together this podcast for you. But that is going to do it for me tonight. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude, and I'll see you guys next Monday. I'm out.